And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Army podcast with Davy Wispin and Mickey Brennan. And uh, Davy, um, a lot to get through. There's so much happening at the moment between county teams and uh, men and women with football, commodes, hurls, uh, under 20s, the all-county football league starting back, GA predictions, you know, we have to run through that and the table and the whole lot. There's an awful lot to get through on this week's show. Absolutely, Mickey. I think it's full steam ahead. The only people I don't think that will be too happy with the amount of action that is going on is the is the ground staff and groundskeepers across the county um, and probably the country at that because I know the pitches are under severe pressure already with the bit of bad weather we had. But thankfully, it looks like it's all systems going out for the club players from next weekend on and hopefully we'll get a run of, of games and nice weather to boot. Yeah, well, I know that the pitches were under pressure for a couple of weeks there, but we're after having some dry weather over the last couple of days, having lots of wind, um, but no rain. So the pitches should be well able to take a game of football now at this stage. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, and and that was the decision, obviously, last weekend pulling the last round of cup games to yeah. give pitches a little bit of time to recover in time for the league, and I think that's the priority at this stage for for the county board and that they want to get the league played and, and run off. And I'm sure the Cups will will be finished maybe at a later stage at some stage. Yeah, no bother. Well, look, um, we look forward to the commencement of the league, the All-County Football League. And uh, again, we'll look forward then at some stage later in the year, maybe around uh, November or December to finishing the Cup competitions. Uh, <laughs> it's usually what happens, isn't it? When you Only because football. it's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, Davey, we're going to start with the Hurlers. Uh, Mead Hurlers were out against Westmead on the weekend. It was an unfortunate result for Mead. Westmead 423, Mead 115. And, um, you know, look, I suppose their, their season wasn't going to be um, defined by the game against... Uh, Westmead and Trim on on the weekend, but it was a free hit at Westmead. Yeah, and it was a Westmead team smarting from um, a, a defeat the last day against Carlow that were always likely to probably come out and have a bit of a kick in them. Um, and a, a good friend of mine, Niall Mitchell, did the damage for Westmead. He got two one on the day, and um, the big full forward. And I think his first goal came after like twenty. 20- seconds of play or something like that which I suppose gave Westmead the, the ideal start it, 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 unfortunately for me Mickey what we've seen in the last couple of years is they kind of generally give a couple of good performances and it's that consistency that you look for then to, to okay maybe not beat Westmead but be competitive unfortunately 
they just didn't really show up, um, which will disappoint Nick and indeed the management team. Um, but as you said, that was a free hit. That wasn't a game where they necessarily would have been uh, targeting, you know, points from. Um, now, as it turned out, I think Kildare beat down. So that the, the division is wide open and it's 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 tight at the top, but it's also quite tight at the bottom. And uh, Mead have one win from three now and the pressure is going to start to come on again now to get more points on the board ASAP. Yeah, I was just looking for the table there. I can't find an, an up-to-date one. I do have the one after two rounds um, of games, but obviously uh, Westmead have gone uh, and extended or, or, or put two points between them and Mead, but it is still all to be played for in uh, in, in the Allianz League Division 2A of the Hurling. Um, Kerry next Sunday in Austin Stack Park and Tralee, Davy. that's... You know that this is a huge one for for for, for Mead. Yeah, it's always the way Mead have to go down oh, there. Now it's yeah. saying that they'll take great heart from the performance against them in the Joe McDonough last year, where they beat them in Nav, and that was a fantastic win before Kerry were defeated in the final a couple of weeks later. But down there, it's it's a bit of a fortress. They had a great win at the weekend over Carlo, albeit they were playing with an extra man for a lot of that game, and Carlo actually came back at them towards the latter stages. But for Kerry to go there and get a result. Uh, against the Carlo team who have been going particularly well is a big sort of fillet for them um, so it's going to be a tough one for Nick and the lads going down there but like as we said these are the sort of games you need to be uh, performing in because you're going to be playing the likes of Kerry again you know come this summer so um, it's a big one and I suppose again anything down there at this stage you'd have to say will be a huge result and a big bonus for, for the lads David, we mentioned it on the podcast here a few times about Ballycran and the fortress that it is for down. Um, but I suppose the newbies, Kildare, went up to Ballycran and um, got a victory. Something that a lot of teams find it very difficult to do um, in Ballycran. 217 to 22 points. So it just, as you said already, just this leaves that whole um, uh, league wide open now so it does There's, it's still all to be played for yeah because down were going for three in a row and they would have actually yeah. put a bit of daylight between themselves and everybody else had they won that game and you'd have fancied them to do so but Claire welcomed them back them them the Nace boys the big Nace contingent who were going well in the club obviously have stood to them they're going to have a big say in the remainder of this uh this league make but um, it is wide open down have two wins from three and probably you could argue that they could easily have three defeats from three they won their two games so narrowly um, but but that's the nature of it uh, still all to play for me they are absolutely still in contention as regards promotion but yeah. uh, you know very much in a relegation scrap as well so it's it's incredibly tight yeah the game against Kerry will uh, decide the result against Kerry will decide whether you're fighting relegation going into your last couple of games or um, whether you're uh, looking for promotion. Um, but yeah, look, we wish the lads the very best luck next Saturday, um, or sorry, next Sunday in Austin Stack Park in Tralee uh, when they take on Kerry and and hopefully uh, Nick and the lads will be able to come away with the victory. Something that they've struggled to do down in Kerry, but as we've seen, it's all the... the well, weather is playing a, 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 a massive part in the results of games at the moment, Davian. I heard somebody on... on, on the weekend on uh, uh, Sunday game saying that if you look at the results of the games over the first four league games in the football and the first three league games in the in the hurling that whichever team got the wind in the first half like 90% of those teams went on and actually won the game um, so it just shows you that the weather has played havoc with these games as well over the last four weeks. 
Yeah, uh, talking about me the first time, like we played against the the Breeze yeah. four times in in concession. The Breeze, uh, hang on, hang on, the Breeze against the Breeze, the, the Gale, sorry, <laughs> the Gale Force win. Like, yeah, and it was like, a Breeze, it'd be a different story. I suppose if you're the team playing with it in the first half of games, Mickey, you can get a lead up, and it's easier to defend that lead in the second half, getting bodies yeah. back and countering. And a lot of teams, it suits that. Whereas I suppose there's other teams there where you're trailing and they're probably not the best teams to chase a lead and to try and claw back. Um, and unfortunately, we've been on the receiving end of that for a number of weeks. But um, it does play a huge, huge role at this time of year. Not so much in the summer because the breeze is gentle, gentle breeze, but it's not really strong. But at the moment, it's it's been fierce in the four rounds of Alliance National Football League uh, yeah. action so far. It's been absolutely horrendous. And, and like, how tough would that be mentally knowing that you're going in to really try and stifle a team for the first 35 minutes of every game that you're never on the front foot must be we'll be coming back to that in a moment we're going to stick with the sticks davy and we're going to go to the camogues they traveled down to wexford on the weekend and they um were playing in wexford park i think it was they led this game at halftime one five to two points but wexford just using all their skill and, and and using the wind again in the second half and um, outscored Mead um, in that second half by 2-8 to two points. Um, and uh, the second goal was the clincher. There was three points between the teams going towards the end of the second half. And um, that goal, man, it just, Mead looked like they might be able to get back into it. But that goal for Wexford was the difference, putting six points between the teams. It finished 2-10 to one seven Davy, um you know it's again it's still all to be played for in 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 that camogie league when you look at the table wexford are sitting pretty at the top with nine points cork mead Derry, and kildare uh, or sorry cork mead and Derry with three points each and then kildare with zero points and mead have the added fact that they ne- their next game is against kildare so they'd be hoping to get the victory there and leave it that their last game i think it's against cork would determine um uh, if they go through to the next to the knockout stages. Yeah, I suppose the the, the breeze being decisive here yet again, Mickey, but six points up at half time. I think me did try and conserve what they have or hold you know, hold what they had at half time. And uh, unfortunately they were just caught out. They played some lovely stuff in the first half, a brilliant uh, goal from Amy Gaffney to boot. But actually in stark contrast to their first game where they played against the breeze against Derry. Yeah. Uh, they were better equipped to play with it in the second half and then, you know, chase it. Maybe they, they just weren't prepared for, I suppose, what was to come on, on uh, Saturday against uh, a fairly decent Wexford side who are three from three now, Mickey. It was always likely to be a massive step up. And, of course, yeah. Meath had that long break in between first and second round action, whereas Wexford had the benefit of sort of playing week on week and they were winning as well. So um, possibly that just caught Meath a little bit maybe in terms of, I suppose fitness towards the end of it as well. It, it's still very early days, um, and I'm sure they're still in the middle of a, a of a kind of hefty um, training workload as well. And and losing Jane Dolan in the second half, she departed due to injury. Yes, and um, that would have been a massive loss, Mickey, because she is such a talismanic figure for me. Then obviously captain again this year. So um, losing Jane would have been huge, but hopefully Brendan uh, can welcome her back sooner rather than later. Yeah, like losing Jane at the start of that second half and. You know, with four minutes remaining, there still was only three points between the teams. And then a speculative effort from Wexford comes back off the upright and Joanne Dillon blasted into the uh, net to put the six points between the teams. But that could easily, 
you know, have have been a wide and, and, and Mead could have, you know, got their tails up, but very hard in the last four minutes to try and chase down a six-point lead um, uh, that Wexford were after getting from a fortuitous goal, it has to be said as well, and the loss of Jane Dolan at the start of that second half. Um, you know, looking at it, as we said, now, Wexford have a three-week break to their next game, but Mead, Mead's next game, as we said, is against Kildare. Um, it's in a Kildare venue. We don't know where it is, but it is next Saturday. Um, so that is a chance for them maybe to get back on the horse, Davy. Um, after that would have been a, a difficult loss to take, considering that they'd worked so hard and stayed within three points um, of Wexford in the closing stages, and for a hammer blow goal to go in like that, it could be a confidence knocker. But this is a chance for them to get back on the horse, as I said. Yeah, and absolutely learn lessons as well from, I suppose, the way in which they they played the second half because. Ultimately, you'll, you'll learn so much more from a defeat than you will a victory. Um, they beat Kildare last year in the league, but Kildare were a bit of a stickler for certain teams when they did play. So they're a real sort of spoiler of a county um, in camogie terms, Mickey. So that, yeah. that'll be a tricky assignment for me, you know, on the road again. Um, but it's one that you feel they need to win. Uh, it's a it's a good opportunity to bounce back and as you say get confidence back into the ranks and it's it's a really tough and competitive division um, we talked about this probably being harder than their championship group as it turns out so um, a win next weekend uh, against Kildare who are pointless so far is of paramount importance yeah yeah absolutely well we wish the uh, the girls the very best of luck when they go down to Kildare um, uh, next Saturday and uh, hopefully they come back with the three points. Davey, um, on to the under-20s, and the under-20s were playing in Clonard on Saturday morning in the John Kearns Development League. Um, a chance for John McCarty and the lads to get a look at some more players uh, from their extended squad, but it finished with a scoreline of uh, Mead 8 points, Leash 1-6, another day where the wind was absolutely... Uh, uh, played a huge part in another result. Um, on the weekend. Yeah, it did to be sure. Mickey Meads played with that breeze um, in the first half. Again, this game was in Clonard on uh, on Saturday. Absolutely tip-top condition and, and stewarded to the to the best in, in Clonard. I know they don't get too many games and that's not because of the facilities are at, and that's just because of their their location, unfortunately. But um, when they do get a game, they really sort of um, do what they can with it. And there was an awful breeze. It's an open sort of pitch and there was a huge breeze blowing from left to right down towards say, the clubhouse um, or the roadside, as as it were. And uh, uh, sorry, the other way, it was going from right to left away from the clubhouse down towards the, the far side of the pitch. But um, me just didn't do enough with it in the first half. That was the, the holy all of it, to be honest, which it led 5-2 at the break, but were wasteful um, with, with several chances that they had. I suppose, similar to the Dublin game, really, they controlled a large aspect of the whole game, um, but just didn't convert their chances. Once again, Dermot Moriarty, who scored nine points last week against Dublin, he was to the four. He managed um, six out of Mead's total tally of eight, uh, with two of those coming from play. He's turned into a real sort of focal point, but we wanted to see Frayne with him. You know, based yeah. on coming on last week and Owen Frayne started and he kicked two uh, splendid points in the first half as well. So the two of them actually accounted for Mead's uh, total tally of eight points. But in the second half, despite the fact they stretched their lead to seven points to two, a brace of points from Dermot Moriarty at the start of the half, Leash would claw 
it back and Mead would only hit one more point after that. Uh, the goal was a real sort of body blow to Mead um, and Leash finished really strong. They had a substituted come on and he turned the game on its head. There was a huge sort of frustration from John McCarthy, which we'll hear over in our Loyal Royals, Mickey, about some of the decisions that were made and uh, the time added on in the first half versus what was added in the second half. It was, there was, I think there was about four or five minutes of stoppages in the first half. There was only a minute of injury time played. And then there was six minutes played at the end of the second half. Leash obviously <laughs> playing with the breeze, hit to the, hit the winning two points deep into injury time. And, Okay, look, at again, it's a development league and everything like that, but we heard John and we heard the players in the last couple of weeks, they want to win every game, and you do feel that going into championship, particularly at under-20 level, it's important that they get a result. They'll have one more chance to do that, um, but it was a frustrating enough afternoon in Clonard, um, despite the fact there were some really good performances as well. Yeah, as Davey said, we will be doing a full review of that under-20s uh, John Kearns Development League match against Leash in Clonard last weekend. Uh, we have interviews with El Hurricano, uh, John McCarty, um, the manager, of course, and Darrell Riley, the young superstar there from St. Alton. So uh, head on over to our Loyal Royals for that. Mead will, as Davey said, get another chance to uh, get a victory in that Development League. They take on Kildare next Saturday. We're not sure of a time or... Uh, well, we know the venue. We're not sure of the time yet, but it will be in Hawkfield, which is Kildare's centre of excellence. Something I didn't know Kildare had, but there you go. Kildare have a centre of excellence. That's next Saturday for the lads, and we wish John uh, McCarthy and the management team and all the lads the very best of luck in that game. Um, Davey, another team that uh, we better talk about, Mead Seniors, Um Travelled to Tullamore on Saturday afternoon and um, half-time score, six points to Offaly, five points to Mead. Full-time score, one goal and ten to, me- to Offaly, one goal and ten to Mead. Um, when I suppose we look at the result, but if we look at the table first, um, it's definitely a point gained. It's not a point lost and it's definitely not two points lost when you look at the table. Yeah, absolutely. And the way in which the game went as well. I mean, to, to salvage a point from the position me that we're in going into injury time or, you know, nearly at the end yeah. of injury time uh, was obviously going to be a point gained. Uh, I suppose on the balance of play, it was the least me deserved, but it was a pretty poor encounter, Mickey. OK, you know, you can talk about the wind and everything like that, but it was two teams desperately lacking in confidence. And that reflected in the play and um, particularly in that first half when, you know, awfully had the aid of the elements, but, you know, were extremely wasteful in their execution of it. Um, I'm just looking, there was close to 20 wides in the game between the respective teams. And I think that'll tell you that the lack of confidence from a forward capacity on both sides. Um, and and obviously, you know, we didn't score from play again in the first half. And I think it was midway through the second half when we finally broke our duck in that respect. And I think Fergal Lynch was just saying it was 90 minutes between the second half of the the end of the first half and the second half of the down game and the first half of the off game. I think that speaks volumes for it. But you know what? Credit to them. They, they kept at it. They, they kept trying to uh, work that that move and they got that elusive goal, eventually beating uh, the off goalkeeper, Dunnigan, who was in inspired form. He must have made four or five tremendous saves on the day. Death, taxes and a last, last gasp goal by Joey Wallace. They're the three things we're guaranteed in life these days. Joey Wallace um, getting on the end of it. The ball apparently bouncing off him and going into the net, Davy. 
um, to earn me that point. Um, you know, squandered a few goal chances as well throughout the game, maybe two in the first half and three in the second half, was it? Um, you know, it is definitely, like, there's no doubt in the quality of the players and whatever, but they are just lacking in confidence. And, you know, we mentioned it already, you know, having to play against the wind, for against a gale force wind, four weeks in a row in your league, and to be chasing games, that must be, to never be, you know, in control and to be trying to uh, to get ahead must be very frustrating and it must be very difficult mentally for these players. Yeah, but in saying that, you know, they were only a point down at half time, six yeah. points to five. You 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 think you were in an absolutely fantastic position uh, starting the second half. And by and large, we created the lion's share of the chances early in the second half and typically enough didn't convert. And then the body blow at the other end with Niall McNamee finishing a terrific awfully move was was just sort of the icing on the cake for them, but culminated our sort of woes as well. Um and, and it looked for all the world that Offaly were going to pick up a huge victory for them. Um, and essentially, we talked about this last week. It, it was a must-win game for Offaly as well, in a, yeah. in a way, like it's no more so than ourselves. Um, thankfully, results went our way, as you'd probably expect with, with Roscommon and, and uh, uh, Roscommon and uh, Galway winning their Galway games against the relegation candidates. And Derry is right. So no damage done in that respect, but what it does, it, it just heaps the pressure onto the next game, which is against Cork in two weeks. And looking at it, the teams below us have to play themselves, have to play each other. We probably have the hardest run in of all the teams in that sort of mini relegation scrap. So a win against Cork is absolutely like hugely important Quite, to get that. Yeah. And even at that, I think we probably will need another result thereafter against either Clare away or Derry at home on the last day. But it's 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 two points from our last two games. It's an improvement. The performance the performance levels have gradually improved as well after the Galway and Common games. But the same sort of um, issues, you know, remain unfortunately and. That's ultimately putting the ball over the bar, and um, until we eradicate that and, and get ourselves going in that capacity, we're going to be in that scrap right to the bitter end. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that is in your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Uh, in regards to the game, we will do a full review of um, Mead and Offaly over on our Loyal Royals podcast. And we've got interviews with Shane McEntee and Andy McEntee after the game. Um, but, Davey, I'm going to put something to you now. Like, um, and, like, how much damage did that vote of no confidence in Andy before Christmas do to this team? Do you think that it has any, had had, has had any um, effect on, on 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 Andy or on the players? I personally think it has. Now, look, they've been they've been hit with injuries. They've been hit with 
the worst luck in the world when it comes to uh, the, 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 the toss at the, at the start of the game and have to play it against the wind and lads with COVID and all that. And there's, everything seems to have snowballed since that vote of no confidence. And, you know, straight away you're on, you're on a hiding to nothing going into this league. Um, and the pressure is on you, on Andy, and on the players as well. And then when when you hear of certain players that have maybe walked away from the panel and all that, it just it feeds that whole um, side of, of of the argument that people uh, are trying to make about the Andy and the team. I, I I think personally that it has had a massive effect on the start of this campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And probably linked to that is, I suppose, the negativity from the terraces as well, um, which which can't help, particularly the players, because they're the ones who are actually going out and playing it. Andy's, Andy has taken off skin to, to deal with it and it's, it's the players and they might know that it's affected them as such. But if it's in your psyche and if it's yeah. manifesting um, because... Andy comes out and tells us, you know, that they're training unbelievably well. Colin Ali said the exact same thing two weeks ago when we spoke to him after the down game. And it's just not getting onto the pitch, that sort of level of performance or intensity. Um, also, I'm not saying this will be Andy's last year, but sometimes when the vote of no confidence happens, you know the way it is. Players anticipate that this could be Andy's last year. And again, not intentional or anything like that, but the performance levels dips. You, you see it all the time in soccer where a manager is kind of, you, you think that this could be it for him and then the players don't replicate what they've been doing in years gone by under his stewardship. Again, that's not a, that's not a choice. It's It just sort of manifests and it, Manifest, and it spreads yeah. throughout the team. It's like a cancer, Mickey. Um, yeah. But but look, at I've seen enough fight in the last couple of weeks, uh, particularly probably since the Ruscommon game, the, the back end of the Ruscommon game, through the down game at different stages, but ultimately to the death against Offaly. We're far from the finished product and we're a good bit off where we need to be and want to be but they're fighting for each other. And ultimately, that's all you can really ask from the players at the moment, particularly when they're at such a low ebb of confidence. Yeah, I just I just feel that like we didn't realise at the time how much damage uh, or how damaging something like that can be. And I just thought, you know, it was a bit irrational. To, we said it at the time anyway. Uh, and, and I just think that maybe we're seeing effects the other side effects of of what happened but you know um andy you spoke to him after the game will be as we said we'll be talking about that in our loyal royals um he was very emotional but he was very honest as well in his appraisal of the game and um you know are, are we looking at getting a few players back in the next few weeks davy or well unfortunately we're going to be losing shane McEntee, uh the captain he's uh heading out to, to mali on uh, army duty for six months so I, as far as i gather that was his last game uh against awfully he will be home from time to time but realistically how likely is he to feature we're, yeah. we're not quite sure at this stage we do know james tower is in there and probably part of andy's thinking was that he knew that this was going to happen and possibly James Toher could be a like-for-like like replacement for Shane McEntee at six. We don't know because James Toher's still still struggling with an injury himself. Um, but unfortunately, we lost Colin Hickey and Robin Clark in the first half of the game on Saturday, Mickey, so we're just going to have to wait and see where they're at. Colin Hickey obviously missed the uh, Roscommon game due to COVID and he made a huge um, impression on his return against Down. And I think to lose that side of the defence, 
you know, they're both on that right-hand side um, between Hickey and, and Robin Clark would be a big loss. And it just stretches the squad even more. I don't think Conor McGill and Brian Menton are likely to return um, anytime soon. You'd like to think that Brian Conlon would be near in a return. And uh, fellas like that, Luke Moran is part of the panel now as well from Trim. And I'm sure if we're short defensively, he'll be a player that might come into it too. So um, we're down to the bare bones still, unfortunately. And, uh, uh, you know, there was, but there was some, I suppose, tweaks to the team as well. Like you had... Uh, no, no, Ethan Devine or James Conlon who have featured regularly. Um, but there was impressions made by the likes of Joey Wallace off the bench who will will stake a claim, no doubt, for a start the next day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, uh, Mead have a couple of weeks off now. Their next game is against Cork. It's on 13th of March, 2 p.m. in Park Tolches, Sun- Park Tolches on Sunday, the 13th of March. So, um, we are looking forward to that one. It is a massive, massive game. And while I know we probably could need a result from one of our other games but it actually could be enough depending again on how results go it is a massive one it's a it's a it's a four-pointer Mead and Cork are embroiled in that relegation and if Offaly or Down were to lose and Mead were to get the victory against Cork it'd put a little bit of daylight between and it would take the pressure off the players a little bit as well Davey and that's something that uh, uh, would be great to see so that the players could go out and express themselves but look we wish them the very best of luck they've got two weeks to I suppose uh, Robin Clark and Carl Hickey have two weeks to recover as well from the little knocks that they got that made them go off uh, in the first half but um, yeah looking forward to uh, the visit of Cork to Navin and um, reliving that old rivalry of the 80s which you would not remember Davey <laughs> no absolutely but but like and it's amazing to see I suppose two counties of the calibre of Ethan Cork yeah. traditional sort of powerhouses in, in Ireland down where they are um, but it's it's a sign of the times and Cork had, had a really good performance against Galway albeit they were beaten in the end but you know put it up to Galway for uh, large portions of that game and just looking at the other game and down towards us is down playing host to Offaly so something's got to give there and yeah. you know, if Down get a win they're up to three points so the onus is most definitely on Mead and Cork to get a result or else you're bang up against it with two rounds to go yeah yeah absolutely well, that, the, the only result we don't want to see from that one is a draw uh, we want one of them to lose and for Mead to win and that just will put that little bit of daylight between the teams and hopefully Mead then can go down to Clare with the shackles off uh, and get the result down there but uh, yeah we're looking forward to that one. Another fixture just to let our listeners know about. Um, I don't know if anybody knows about this, but next Saturday, the Dubs are in town. They're coming to play the Mead Ladies in a repeat of last year's All-Ireland Final. Um, it is the last group game in their league to determine who will top the table and who will come second. And, and uh, it gives you a better um, knockout or semi-final place. And I suppose you, you'd be looking at playing second if you win that game, you'd be playing second in Group A. But, um, Davey, um, th- th- everybody is looking forward to this. It's going to be a massive, massive day in Park Tolchin, 3 p.m. on Saturday. Um, and it's been televised as well, I believe. Yeah, there should be a real carnival atmosphere in Park Tolton. As, as you said, both teams safely assured of their place in the knockout stages. But this is a really big opportunity for both because they're going to, they're going to play each other in the Leinster Championship and who knows they could play each other again in the league possibly in the league final and they could play each other they could play they could end up playing four or five times this year <laughs> uh, just the way it, the, the, the setup is and we haven't played them we haven't played them in 
how many years yeah. and all of a sudden we could end up playing them because the Leinster Championship is back and everything like it's as you said like it, it could be a, a, the year of meeting Dublin it could be well, you, could, you, could play them, you could play them twice in the league you could play them yeah. twice in the Leinster and then you could play them again in the All-Ireland so incredibly you could end up playing them five times but you could actually think- play you could actually end up playing them six times because if you got them in your group in the Championship you could end yeah. up Playing them in the group stages and then in the knockout stages again, madness. But but the importance of the first game of that is laying down a marker, you yeah, know, 100%. and that's the most important thing. Mead in Navan, they've great record, obviously coming coming off the back of the wins against Cork and Waterford. It's a big opportunity. It's a new look Dublin, even to the one that Mead beat in the other end final last year, and they're motoring well the Dubs. You know, they they really will come to Navan with confidence, but. Uh, what an opportunity this is for the Mead girls and it, there should be a, a terrific and electric atmosphere in Park Talton um, televised as you said Mickey as well um, but I just get the impression that Dublin will be bang up for this because they'll be still hurting from that final um, so it's important that Mead match Dublin particularly in the early stages of this game and give as good as they get and I've no doubt they'll, they'll be bang there in contention yeah, we're looking really looking forward to that one. Um, wish Eamon Murray and the ladies the very best of luck next Saturday in Park Talchon at 3 p.m. One other fixture just to let our listeners know about is the Leinster Minor Hurling Championship Tier 3, and it is Mead against Westmead. It is on on Saturday uh, at 2 p.m. in a Mead venue. Not decided just yet, but um, that is another fixture that will be taking place on Saturday afternoon. Probably delaying this as long as it possibly could, Davy. We're going to go to the gapredictions.ie and then oh, actually will we will, will we just talk about the upcoming all-county football league um first and then go to the ga predictions delay it a little bit longer maybe yeah why not yeah yeah well um as we said the all-county football league will uh commence uh this coming weekend and davy we're going to look at the divisions so i'm saying it to you all fair is this the way the divisions ended before COVID came and, and scuppered the whole league idea and whatever? But I knew, we we did know that there was a revamp to the leagues. Um, and it's like looking down at it, it's pretty, pretty good. Like we both agree that it, it, it's really looking like all of the leagues will be competitive. The only thing that we would say is that maybe reduce Division 1A to 10 teams and have... 10 teams in Division 1A, 1B, 2A, and 2B. Um, uh, or, or, as you said, maybe get rid of Division 4 and add those teams in and, and, and even it out to maybe 11 or 12 teams per, um, per, per division. But that would mean that second teams would be playing at the same time as first teams and maybe teams wouldn't have enough players and stuff. Yeah, look at it. it's 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 absolutely brilliant to have these back. I think club players have been crying out for fixtures and and the league tables for for a while now. That division one looks tantalising, really. You know, you have twelve very good senior teams in it, and you have a couple of decent senior teams in uh, division one B as well, of course. Um, but yeah, that that probably is the only thing I suppose when you look at it. Two B, three A, and four um, only will essentially have you know seven games, isn't it? Um, yeah, seven league games. Whereas, uh, obviously, Division 1A will have 11. So there is a big difference there, but it's all in the calendar. There's room for that, and uh, it, it should be great. And the second team's coming back in as well. This is the first time in probably, 
I'm going to say five to six years since second teams have competed in the A-Leagues. So it'll be really interesting to see how the bigger kind of clubs in, in the county approach that. They have to name 15 players for their first team. That can include county players, but anybody below the 15 is eligible to play a second team week in, week out, providing they don't clash. And I think I'm right in saying that ahead of this weekend, none of the games are clashing, but there is a potential as the league goes on that you may well have your first and second team out at the same time on the same day, which will be tricky for clubs. Yeah, or even they could be on within a couple of hours of each other, but they could be opposite ends of the county depending on the, the fixture. So it is something to look at. Wouldn't it? What we are going to do on our Loyal Loyals podcast is we're going to go through all of the divisions and all of the games um, and give our predictions on them. But we'll just run down through the divisions. Division 1A, we'll see Dunmore Ashburn, Dunboyne, Gail Column Kill, Ballinabracky, O'Mahony's, um, Ratholt, Nafina, Simonston, Screen, St. Column Kill, Summerhill, and Wolfe Wolf Tones all vying to win that Division 1A. That's 12 teams. Then Division 1B, now this this is a cracker. Minalvi, Curaha, Centralstown, Dunshockland, Trim, Oldcastle, Waterstown, Ratkenny, Dundery, and Dulik. Davy, looking at that one there, um, a nice spread of senior teams and intermediate teams. And for the likes of, we'll say, Trim, Old Castle, um, Waterstown, Radkenny, Dunder, even Dalik, that of all aspirations, of, well, apart from Trim, obviously, who've won the intermediate, gives them a taster of, of, of playing against the senior teams, um, which is brilliant. Yeah, you have all the key protagonists, I suppose, that we expect to be in contention for the intermediate championship yeah. this year in Division 1B, pitting themselves against... Some strong, some strong senior clubs, but also some senior clubs who would sort of be looking over their shoulder back at the intermediate championship as well. Um, the exception probably being Trim. We do yeah. expect Trim to go well enough this year, um, but obviously they're going to start life in Division One B. Manalvi, Curaha, um, I think it's about right for them because they're missing county fellas, and I think Division One would have been a little bit of a tough ask for them at this stage of the season. They'll be all right come the summer, I've no doubt. And Sension, who have really struggled so far in the Fesh Cup, I think it's an opportunity for them to maybe find their feet in the second division as such. Um, but there'll be some savage games in that. And obviously Dunchocklin dropping back to intermediate are going to get a taste of playing some of the senior clubs, but also some of the decent intermediate clubs that they're going to face later on in the year. So really, really nice division this. And Dunshockton also a team that have a lot of county players um, that will not be available through under-20s and through senior or whatever. Sure. So it gives them a chance to maybe blood some of the young guns that have you know been household names at underage level uh, in Mead over the last number of years. That'll be interesting. Division 2A, 10 teams. Bective, Beliver, Knobber, Blackhall, uh, Gales from Barrow, Mead Hill, St. Vincent, St. Pat's, Sidden and St. Michael's. Like That's just a... That's just a really tough, tough division there. Division 2B will see a mixture of junior and, and intermediates. You've got Clonagale, Kilmainham, Longwood, Ballinlock, Dunsany, Dunchocklin's second team, St. Peter's, Dunboyne's second team, and Dunamore Ashburn's second team. So that's a that's an interesting one, Davy. Yeah, you have a mix, you have a really nice mix there. You have intermediate, you have junior A, and you have second teams as well in it. So, like I I I know we'll be predicting games over on the Loyal Royals, Mickey, but that will be a tough division to sort of pick because oh, we're not so. quite sure when, I suppose, when St. Peter's de Boyne and Dunham Ashburn left the championships, they were an intermediate and solid yeah. intermediate teams at that. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go, but you'd imagine they'd be strong based on they only have to name 15 players uh, for their first team. So they should be ultra competitive in this. The 2A is a gas one because it's all intermediates and they're all 
household intermediate teams as such, like with the exception of Sidden, who have dropped I was away. It's good to say, yeah. Yeah, like and, and but that's a good opportunity for Sidden. I know, I know they'll be up against it and they'll be the big underdogs in that, but for them, before they go into play junior A for the first time in a long time, they'll have the opportunity of being battled hardened against intermediate teams. And I always say this a team that I feel can be competitive in the league, win your home games, for Sidden, staying up in 2A would be great. And they'll be they'll be a tough nut to crack in, in the championship versus a team maybe in Division 4 or 3B who are maybe playing against lesser opposition and that and going into championship, you just don't know where you're a little bit undercooked. So I think from Sydney, they'll welcome that. They've had a really good start to the year as well. So they'll be going, going into that with confidence. Yeah, it can be a double-edged sword. Um, sure, yeah. As, as we saw with Sydney when they went up to Division 1 only in, uh, three, four years ago. And... You know, they've been in free fall since then. You know, if you're taking pastings week in, week out, it could be very hard to lift the players. So Division 2A, you could be right. That could be just there. It could be at a level where they can build confidence from that division. Um, we went through Division 2B, so we're down to 3A. Eight teams in 3A. Sorry, eight teams in 2B as well. Eight teams in 3A. So Carneros, Castletown, St. Dalton's trim second team. Rathaut's second team. Screen second team. Gail Colum kills second team and St. Colum kills second team. So that's going to be a nightmare of a division to try and even predict a game in there, David. Yeah, but do you know what? For the second teams, this is the, the division, I think, with the joint most second teams in it. There's yeah. an opportunity for them playing against each other as well. For, for one or two of the second teams to make a real burst at this and, and have a go at it. Straight off the bat, you'd look at it and you'd say Retolt would probably be the best equipped because simply yeah. the numbers that they'd have at their disposal. Um, the likes of Gail Column Kill, Anson Column Kills, um, whilst you know they'd still have probably upwards of 40 players eligible, you'd imagine that they'd maybe the quality will have been taken up with their first teams, but we shall see on that one. They have good young players coming through from their minor teams in, in recent years, so they could get an opportunity of playing A-leagues and impressing maybe the likes of a looking on, you know, Sean Barry or Sean Kelly or Luke Dempsey pitted against decent first teams. Like, you're going to have a couple of derbies there with Kells and, and Karen Ross and mm-hmm. Castletown, and what an opportunity it is for some of the younger players in Kells or maybe some of the older players to, to have another crack at the teams they would have been playing years ago. There'll be a sort of real romantic feel about that, even though there'll be no sort of romance on the field when they meet. Um, <laughs> but you, you have teams that you expect to go well. Like you look at it, Castletown, Karen Ross and St. Dalton's, we sort of expect them to be in the top five or six in junior A this year. So the onus is going to be on them to really make a big tilt and try and get up a uh, division ahead of next year. Trim kind of sticking out like a sore thumb there because you've got Canner Ross, Castletown, St. Dalton's and Gail Column Kill from that North Mead area and that Kells area. Then you have Rathod Screen and St. Column Kills over there in East Mead. And then you've got uh, Trim just popping their head in saying, how are these lads? We're, we're joining the party. So that'll be one uh, to, to, to look at as well there. Division 3B has nine teams in it. It is Minalty, um, Kilbride, Boards Mill, Moyla, Summerhill second team, O'Matney second team, Simonstown second team, Wolf Tone second team, and St. Bridget's first team. So, yeah, um, uh, an interesting one there. We'll come back in a second. The last one, Division 4, Drumcondreth. Um, Davey, you'll be delighted to be meeting them again this year. Uh, Clonard, Slane, St. Mary's, St. Paul's, Kilmainham Wood, Courtown, and Centralstown second team. Um, you know, so that's all first teams bar Centralstown second team. 
Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure where Central Centre are at because they've obviously graded teams as best as they can and, and based on probably what they're hearing, maybe Central Town will be shook enough for a second team. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Their first team aren't exactly setting the world alight at the minute. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how their second team go, but they are the lowest ranked second team of the lot. So, you know, maybe a decent opportunity for them to get some some wins there in Division 4. Um, Division 3B is interesting. I suppose St. Bridget's are the only team from Junior 2 yeah, uh, in in three B, so it, it should be interesting to see how they go. Summerhill are always, uh, from memory, were always a very good junior A side. Regularly get to quarterfinals, semi-finals, so I'd expect them to be competitive. Now, for the Matinees, we don't know a whole pile about because their first team struggles at the minute. They could be in a little bit of trouble there in three B against the likes of Minolte, who have been flying early season. Uh, Kilbride, so young, Boards Mill. And, and Moyla, who, to be fair to them, we've been delighted with the, the bounce back that they've had yeah. in the opening weeks of the season. And hopefully for them, they can continue to rebuild in 3B. Um, but I suppose in Division 4, it's it's by and large what teams are going to face later on in the summer as well in their championship, you know, um, with the exception of obviously Sanchez, who won't be part of it, but they'll be replaced by Bridget. So it's a good opportunity and a yardstick for you to see where you need to get to in the league versus where you need to get to by championship time. Just want to bring you back to 3A. I forgot to mention about Rathold. If I'm not mistaken, up until the regrading, which was the year of the pandemic starting, I believe, wasn't it? Um, uh, Rathold had won Junior C and won the Junior B and would have been in Junior A and had romped home in the Junior C and the Junior B, like had, had run away with both of them. So that's an interesting one that they're down so low because we do know that their second team is very very strong so that could be a division light or maybe even two divisions light for them yeah and then you see Dunchocklin like in 2b and Dunchocklin now are of course only an intermediate club first team so you kind of say well they could easily be flip-flopped you know one in and one and one and one in the other but it is based on i suppose performance even going back those those few years with leagues and that's why maybe Sydney are as high as they are as well because when when this was meant to come in, first of all, Sidden were obviously a very well-established intermediate club. Now they're junior A. So um, it, there will be some kind of winners and losers, but we won't really know until two or three rounds are played at this stage and, and to see sort of how the results reflect it. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn Placing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Yeah, well, all those games will take place this weekend, either the 4th, the 5th or the 6th of March. And as we said, we'll be doing a full preview of all those games and giving you our predictions, even on those lower divisions where the second teams and stuff are coming in. We're going to try our best to give you a prediction on them. And um, speaking of predictions, Davey Rispin, let's go over to gapredictions.ie. And if our predictions on the inter-county scene are anything to go by, um, you know, I'm just getting a dart and I'm going to throw it at the um, at the at the predictions from now on. But um, yeah, GA predictions that I go for it, Davy. Uh, if you say so, Mickey. Um, I suppose 
top of the pile still. Uh, sorry, not top of the pile still. Barry Hand has been toppled at the top by uh, Mike Chambers. He's gone one point ahead of Barry Hand, who has led for the first three weeks. So it's it's an interesting one at the top, which we'll come back to. But more relevant to me and you, Mickey, we'll start at the bottom. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> obviously, there's been people who haven't played. Um, a week or they've missed a week or they've maybe just played for the first week so we'll start from I suppose Tom O'Connor to be fair to him he missed the second week he's played every other week he's at 56 but the first one up is Thomas McLeod who don't ask me how Mickey and I need to check if this is a mistake or not but he he I think he only got two points this week I thought mine was bad last week with eight points but I think he, uh, Tom's only managed two points which means that he's propping up the league on 59 Kenny Morgan is on 60 Susan Farrell climbing 61 Rob Perfield's at 63 there's me with 64 um, but an improved week so I'll take hard from that uh, Davy Burns on 68 Joanne Byrne his wife <laughs> is on 69 so there's a point between <laughs> husband and wife there which is really interesting that should be good uh a bit of household rivalry, you know yourself, Mickey. It's always good. Um, uh, Mags Joyce is on 70, where she's joined by Porrick Boyle, and you're just ahead of them, Mickey, on 71 yourself. Um, 71. Tommy Owens is ahead of you on 73. There's Cormac Matamo on 76. Colin O'Brien, getting a little bit closer to him, Mickey. He's on 78, but we're still <laughs> below him. Um, he actually texted me last week when I was reading it out and then you pulled me up and you were like, well, hang on a second, we're both below Colin O'Brien. And that was a bit of a wake-up call for us. He wasn't too happy to hear that, but it is what it is. Uh, Richie Quigley's on 78. Darren McGill and Nicholas Finney on 79. Leo Weldon's on 81. Host of people on 82, including Henry Clifford, Garrett Lynch, Fergal Lynch and Barry McDonnell. 83 is Gary Alder. Peter Duffy, his club mate, is on 84. Alan Tormey's also on 84, along with that man, P.S. Tapes, Mickey. He's on 84. We have serious 84. work to do to 84. try and claw Tur- that back. You, you, you've you 20 points to claw back, and I have 13. So I have a, probably an easier job than you at, at hand. I think at this stage, we need him to forget to play for a week, and we might, <laughs> we might have a chance of catching him then. But uh, he's, he's done reasonably well, in fairness to him. Mark McCoy, 85. Shane Mulvaney and Gary Coyne are on 86. Alan Brown and Colin Crosby on 87. 88 is Sean Hughes. Damien Farley's on 89. Porra Coyle's on 90. Shane McNiff, 91. Dunica Lynch, 93. Eddie Holton, 97. 99 is Porra Carlin and a former winner from a couple of weeks ago. Aideen Smith's on 100. Jamie Costello, 103. Nicky Gogan, 103. Shamey Gallagher, 103. And then you have the top two. Barry Hands on 107. And edging into the lead for the first time is Mike Chambers, 108, 37 points to his name in round four has done the damage there. So he's currently the man to catch in pursuit of the Trevor Giles jersey, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and dethrones um, Mr. Hand there for, for a week anyway. There's a point between them now. Um, Davey, you know, I, I, I'm not joking. Like, GA predictions that I is ruining my weekends. So it is. It's absolutely ruining my weekends. I am commentating on the radio and I'm checking scores and I'm like getting disheartened and I'm like going at the start of the weekend, right? When I go in and do my GA predictions and I go in and I look at the games and then I get my email back and I look at the picture of my, uh, my, my selections and I'm like going, oh man, I'm going to have a serious week. I'm like, I'm definitely going to hit like, 45 points plus and then the results start coming in 
on the weekend. And I'm like, just like Saturdays, the games on a Saturday are ruining, ruining the rest of my weekend. And then on a Sunday, when you go in and you look, you go, oh my God. And, and then you think to yourself, yeah, I probably should have saw that result coming. <laughs> I, I, like it's catch-22. If you can nail a couple of draws, you, you feel like the best in the world. And when you pick a draw and you don't get it, you're saying, well, why didn't I do what PS Tapes does and pick home and away and just sit on the fence and play it, play it safe? Um, but but you know what, Mickey? You get nothing in life for, for being boring and, and being, you know, um, you know, ponderous about it. And there's Ryan O'Rourke, the winner. He ended up with 47 points. There was two draws. He nailed the two draws and the 100 quid is on his way to him. And that's the way it works. You have to be brave. You have to be ballsy and you need a little bit of luck. We haven't had too much of that, Mickey. No, we haven't. Was there only two draws in the whole uh, thing? Um, I think so, yeah. Leash, Leash and Antrim. And ourselves and Offaly. And ourselves and Offaly. They were the only two draws and he nailed both of them. Like, and They're the ones that, 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 that are the difference. And I suppose... Like Paddy Stapleton is probably hedging his bets now, PS tapes, because he's looking at it going, Well, I know the boys are gonna go for draws. They're gonna try and he's he's kinda like he's taking the risk out of it. You know, we're the ones taking the risk. Now, if it pays off, we're we're, we're gonna be geniuses and he's gonna look hard silly. But um we look hard silly at the moment anyway. So yeah, but it's I just, like I'm not messing. I really am uh, like as soon as I do my predictions, I take a screenshot of the selections and I keep it there so that I can just go into my photos on the weekend and uh, as the games are being played check the scores and yeah and I've been unlucky with a couple of draws again this week it's just just uh, I'm like the mid team I'm getting no luck and I'm uh, and I'm just down on confidence so I am Davy. yeah unfortunately but still three weeks to go Mickey we have a week of a break now next weekend so um, you have a little bit of time to do your research and get your predictions in uh, by Saturday week at gapredictions.com for anyone who doesn't hasn't played up until this point you still can play You're, it's not just limited to people you can still play for 3 euro and there is 200 German prize money on offer every round and it's a bit of crack at the end of the day yeah absolutely and uh, just, just as I say that I'm getting the email in from GA predictions just with the results from the weekend and the whole lot but uh, yeah like uh, Davey's right there you don't Yes, we have the We Are Mead League, and that's to win um, the Trevor Giles retro jersey. But as he said, every week there's €200 Euro up for grabs. And a nephew of mine, Shane Crosby from Navinomat, he's only last week um, did it for the first time, and he ended up winning 50 quid. Like So um, it's it's uh, it's well worth it if, for a bit of crack as well. So get your mates to all do it, and you can take the piss out of each other as that's what happened that's what's happening with all of my friends david we're going to move on anyway to the lotto uh segment and uh, i'm sure all of the pros have been in contact with you yeah they have indeed me first one up is uh long with ga and the uh, from last week was not one uh they had uh lucky dip winners who were vernon and noreen o'brien uh robert uh mulligan and Saivna Ni Kinida, uh, the winning numbers were 3, 7, 9 and 21. The next draw takes place on February 28th. Don't pull me up on the Irish David, David, the Gael Gore, so he is. Uh, yeah. from, from out there near, you're close enough to the Gael Talk there. Right out there yeah. right between Rakarn and... Uh, and Bolly Gibb, you, you should be fluent in Irish. I was sent to the Gale Talk to Mickey when I was in school, and it wasn't for my Irish. It was that I'd come home and start eating uh, food and 
Uh, that didn't work because the ban on tea used to cook me chips and like other stuff that the lads wouldn't have. The chocolate and Royal Gales, Mickey, are next and uh, their jackpot from last Monday somehow was not won. And I'll tell you why. Because the numbers drawn were 4, 6, 7 and 18. They sound like, you know, winning numbers uh, by and large. And I'm sure they have a decent amount of people playing. They had 11. 11 match three winners. And I'm going to name them all for you. They all get 20 euro each in fairness. They're Connor Murphy, Karen McBride, Grace McCormick, Erin O'Connor, Dolores Tobin, Linda Reed, Alessa Riley, Pat Brett, Anne Quinn, Mary McIntaggart, and Regina Rattigan. Uh, Andy Smith must have a pain in his uh, in his thumb from typing all those names out. <laughs> but they all get 20 euro each and they somehow carry on for another week. Uh, tonight, Monday, the 28th at Half 8 Live on Facebook. 30,000 over jackpot, 30,000 of reserve and 6,400 of a second reserve. You can play that one on Club Force. Um, Ballinock, the letters drawn here were A, C, O and X. 5,100 euro jackpot was not won. The next draw takes place on the 7th of March. Uh, they had a few match three winners as well themselves. I think five in total. Uh, who all get 20 or each? Carmel McCartan, William Tevlin, Gronya McCabe, Marie Lynch, and Joe Gillespie. Next draw takes place in Ballon Lock. ManalviGFC.ie uh, for the Manalvi Lotto, which is currently building and back up slowly but surely again. It's at 800 euro. Uh, no jackpot winner last week. The winning numbers were 11, 22, 23, and 26. Three 20 euro winners were Shane Riley, uh, Ina Donnelly, and John Mick. And Ridian Dennis. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, th- these are the names. Uh, uh, it's 800 euros, as I said, next or tonight, Monday, sorry. And you can play it on the Club Force app or on manalvigfc.ie screen. Um, they're, they're no winner of their 8,300 euro jackpot. Um, and it, it moves on for another week. The draw winners were the first cut syndicate. Ben Cherry, Joe and Tilly O'Brien, and Maria O'Rourke. Uh, Castletown, 1,400 euro jackpot was not won either. 4, 8, 17, and 18 were the numbers. Um, the lucky dip winners who collect 30 euro each were Denise Farley, Sean Ryan, Jerry Dillon, Sean Young, and Tracy Lawler. My own court in GFC, 8,100 euro jackpot wasn't won either. 14, 24, 30, and 32 were the winning numbers. 520 euro winners were Trevor Coyne, Mary Wright, Michael Coslow, Margaret McLaughlin, and Therese and Leah Codd. The um, 1997 Calvin retro jersey, Mickey, didn't unfortunately go towards Calvin. It went to David McHugh. Um, I know you'd have loved that one, and I was hoping we'd get picked out so you could uh, you could get your hands on that one, Mickey, but it wasn't <laughs> to be. We actually have a half-sip, a Calvin half-sip, retro half-sip to give away in a few weeks' time, so keep an eye out for that one. Um, but anyway, we move on to 8,200 this Friday night, and you can play that one at courttownga.com forward slash lotto. Gail Colum Kill. Still going strong at 12,000. Uh, the numbers drawn from last week were 5, 24, 26, and 30. Uh, they have one match three winner. Um, I'm not even going to try. I don't know. Is it Alan? I don't know. Is it Alan Tormey's writing? Or no, her first name is Sylvia Mickey, but I'm not even going to make a stab. I'll send you this one and you can try and pronounce it, but <laughs> it's still at 12,000 anyway for another week. Um, and that's all from my list. Well, you send that on to me and I'll have a look at that, but I'm going to bring up... Switch it out. So we'll have a look there. Um, Don't even... Oh, Silgia Harkiewicz. 
How will so you stop? There you go. I'm fluent in Polish as well, buddy. So yeah. Uh, did, did I not tell you that? Um, so the two that I have in are from Simonstown and from uh, Centerstown as always. Simonstown's draw last uh, Friday, the 25th of February. There was no winner. There was only one match three, and that was uh, Patrick Duffy. The numbers drawn were 6, 7, uh, 18, and 19. You would have thought that, that would be one that would go. Um, the next draw is Friday, March the 4th, and it's €1,300. Centre Sales Lotto was not won last week. It's a massive €10,000. You can do it on the smartlotto.ie forward slash uh, Centristown, you'll find it, or go on to any of the Centristown um, social media pages and you'll find the link there as well. Jelly said, do you want League of Ireland updates too, or will we just stay with the lotto this week? Thanks for that, Jelly. I didn't reply to you, so we only got the lotto off you, so that's perfect. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact P.R. Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, Instagram Interactive, um, have the masses been in contact since that game against Offaly on Saturday? Yes, they have indeed, Mickey, um, a decent volume of Instagram Interactive to get through, so we'll uh, we'll tear straight into it, I suppose. And uh, the first one comes in from Niall Flynn, and he said that Harkin doing his best to save Andy. Yeah, well... It's not about why. Why is it all about Andy? I just don't. Why? Why? Why does it all have to be about Andy? Can we not just get behind the lads? And what will be will be in the summer if Andy stays on, or if he doesn't, if Mead go on and win a Leinster or whatever. But like, just get behind the lads and like the the, the players are as Andy and and and, and uh, Colin Nally say, said, they're training just as hard and far harder than any other team in the count in the country. They're, they're having a lot of misfortune as well at the moment. So, like this thing of talking about saving Andy, it's it's not about Andy. They're not playing out there to try and save Andy's job. No, but to be fair to, I'll just pick out Owen Hart. Owen Hart a bit. He's been exceptional. Yeah, uh, and you know, coming into that full back line, probably much maligned line without Conor McGill. Uh, he's been fantastic and like he's got three points from I think the four games as well which is an outstanding return um, he's he's a really classy operator um, Susan Farrell speaking of another classy operator and saying that Vicky Wall was posing for selfies with young fans in the queue for the ladies she exudes class yeah look they they are heroes and they are role models and we've been saying it for the last couple of years how like how good a role models they are and they take it as part of what they do you know um and they embrace it and it's lovely to see it it's absolutely brilliant peter duffy said london away days um it probably would be peter duffy's first probably ever away day supporting me that would say but uh, it'd be typical if he jumped on that bandwagon mickey 
Yeah. You're going to wait there coming up to London actually soon. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Paddy's weekend. I uh, we have to go over there for Cavan in London for the radio. Um, so, um, look, you know, it's probably the only um, positive that you can have about uh, being in the same division as London. So it is, is that you hope to get them in an away game. Um, look, I, London lost on the weekend to Wexford, so that could be their bubble burst. We'll we'll, we'll see over the next few weeks because they've a couple of tricky encounters to come just yet. But uh, yeah, so even if Mead were to be relegated, I don't think I'm guessing that London won't be there anyway. Yeah, I think they'll fall away as well, uh, to be honest. But they've done it extremely well so far. Um, Sean Murphy said from Division 1 to probably Division 3 in three years. Sad to see, really. But again, like the table doesn't suggest that at the moment. You know, like we're in fifth. There's three teams below us. Um, Offaly and Down have to play each other. We play Cork. So the four bottom teams will play each other. And um, the next weekend out, which means as well that Clare will be playing. Are Clare playing Galway next? Is it? I think they, I think yeah, it might I be because yeah, they lost yeah, to Derry. So. so a win for Mead against uh, Cork, and if if Clare were to lose to Galway, you know, well, I'm not saying we're right back in the hunt, but we're right. We're putting distance between us. Like we're not in Division Three, so stop talking about Division Three just yet. You know, let's stay positive, lads. We're halfway up. Well, the table. Well, uh, we're halfway up the table, not halfway down it. There's a bit more to come to now before before the positivity. Uh, yeah, comes that's out fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll answer them all. Okay, uh, Robert Perfield next in, and he said uh, scoring from play with the forwards we have shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, like and and and. and we said they're they're a team devoid of confidence at the moment, and, and and that is something that really seems to be standing out at the moment. And uh, they just need a little bit of luck. They if they uh, do you know what if they went out in the game and they won the toss and they got the win in the first half, I'd, I'd say you could see a new team. See <laughs> so you could like they might even smile for the first half of the game, like because it it has been so so tough and the injuries and everything that's happened and COVID and the players that have been out it. Let's give them a break. Let's get behind them. Yeah, there's there's a bit more on the scoring from play. Leo Weldon said scoring from play, and Thomas Cloud also said another half without a point from play, one in every game so far. And you know, I think we have yeah. to be we have to be honest and oh, absolutely about yeah. it. that. That is a massive issue. Um, and and ultimately, we're giving ourselves far too much to do with those halves. Um, which is why, as you say, we're playing catch up and we're chasing every game and. Uh, it's it's not conducive to to obviously picking up points and getting results. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Joe McQueeny does pick the positive. Good man, Joe. He said confidence low, but effort is still there. That draw is still huge. Uh, three teams below us in the table still. Exactly what I was saying. Um, you know, and um, a win over uh, Cork, and if Clare, as I said, were to lose, the score difference between them. Um, is not much different, so we could actually we could actually leapfrog um, Clare if we were to get the win over Cork um, on score difference. And you know you're looking at a different uh, you're looking at looking at it differently then. Yeah, Adam McDonald looks looks at it differently. He just said embarrassing. Yeah, look, we, we, we mentioned it already. Ninety minutes of play without scoring from play, and um, most of them. Obviously, most of them freeze and whatever. Um, 
45s, dead balls. Uh, It's tough. It is tough. But I just, we we have quality. We know that. And and it's been mentioned already that the quality of the forwards we have. And, you know, they're not trying to kick the ball wide, you know. Mm. Robert Perfield wants to know on a club note, any idea how the A-League grades were determined? Curious to know. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier on, Davey, but we, there was a revamp of the leagues just before the pandemic kicked in. We'll have to go back and look at it to see if they are the actual uh, uh, divisions that they put together. I have a feeling that they were like that at, uh, before the pandemic um, kicked in because we can see that's sitting our way up the leagues and and a told second team uh, were up. So, do, you know, do you know how they were done? One, the Rispin rankings. That's how they were determined. Ah, of course, yes, they were done in the Rispin rankings because you had all the second teams in it. <laughs> yeah, um, some of the first teams I had ranked so highly that they decided to bring in second teams. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's get the League of Ireland out of the way. And uh, Jack Walsh, as usual, um, with Roberto Lopez's last minute gift for Derry City last uh, Friday night. I don't know, did you see this, Mickey? I saw this, yeah. What yeah, I know, a goal. I, I know Jack is focusing on the mistake as a Rovers fan, but my word, what a yeah. finish with the last nice, minute of the game. Nice little, nice little rollover and then left foot right into the top corner. Oh. Um, but it was a terrible, terrible back pass. Um, yeah. Again, conditions were horrendous on Friday night as well. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, there was there was a little bit more uh, soccer oh, sorry, somewhere. Sorry, sorry, mm. sorry. Just just on that as well. I thought it was absolutely disgraceful the scenes in the Brandywell, um, with the supporters coming onto the field from Shamrock Rovers and the supporters coming onto the field from Derry City, and they did speak about it afterwards and said it was horrible. And I look, there that's an element of of the League of Ireland that I that I despise and I wouldn't like to I wouldn't like to be at one of those games. I wouldn't mind going over to seeing the dog playing. Um, Jelly has assured me that the atmosphere is absolutely electric. Yeah, Jelly will hold your hand in, in, yeah, the, in the ultra section of Dundalk. <laughs> uh, the, ultra, the ultra section of uh, Sean McGrover's I wouldn't like to be seeing. Yeah. Sean Fitzgerald said big away day win for Shells. Uh, first win for Damien Duff there as well. Yeah, yeah, he gets the win and the week beforehand they were saying he was going to be sacked the following morning. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Football fans, eh? Um, <laughs> the next one is from James Flanagan, back to the GA, and he wants to know why we can't kick the ball into the forwards quickly and not mess around the field. Yeah, we, 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 myself and yourself have spoken about that. Um, that it's that that is something that we see from the Mead team is that they like to go through the hands, which gives the opposition the chance to set themselves up defensively and maybe. Like that's all right and fine if you know how to pick apart a, de- uh, a mass defense, but we don't seem to be able to. I think with the forwards we have, they much prefer a little bit of space. So if we can get the ball in quicker to our forward line, I do think that we will uh, get more scores. But maybe, maybe with the wind and everything, it's hard to kick it um, or get it in as early as we we'd like to. Yeah, the next one comes in from Dara McVan, and he said, "Joey Wallace, the new Aguero." <laughs> Very good, excellent. Yeah, um, you know, even even on the radio, I was listening to um, to, to the two lads on LMFM, and uh, there, there was a little bit of a, a, a snigger when uh, when 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 uh, Joey Wallace got the the last touch. Ah, uh, Joey, Joey Wallace. Uh, yeah, he got the last touch on the ball. 
it's not the first time we saw him doing that. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Robert O'Connor wants to know why do we constantly turn back after beating a man? Yeah, well, well, is it is it that we've we've let them set up and and you go by the man and all of a sudden you're you're faced by a wall of. Okay. I think that again. I think that's confidence, Mickey. I, I think yeah. you're not confident enough to do something that's a little bit risky or sort of out of the blue. So you 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 be safe, like Paddy Stapleton is with his predictions. Yeah, and you turn and go back and just pick the easy option. Whereas I think when you're confident and and feeling good, you'll try stuff uh, a little bit out of the ordinary and make things happen that way. I think that's more it, to be honest. Um, in order, um, tw- yeah. So sorry. You know, I just feel bad. I'm after opening Twitter, and um, you know, it's it's a, again Paddy Stapleton, PS Stapes. We're just after saying you know about him. You know, uh, always playing it safe. He came in with a lovely comment, and he gave it one hand. He take it, took it away with the other. Uh, I just want to take the time to thank the We Are Mead lads for their super. Uh, for the super service that they provide. I was feeling a bit blue about how bad my predictions were this week, and then I saw both of theirs. I instantly felt better. Cheers, lads. Keep up the good work. What a... <laughs> yeah, there's, I think we'd be shut down for using the word that we're both thinking about that, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, um, he, like, I, I, I've met some pricks in my, in my day, but... <laughs> He's a he's a bloody cactus, so he is. he's a prized one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rory Buchanan next in, and he said, Dar Riley's performance for the under 20s, the fella covered every blade of grass. Hashtag Ultons for junior, yeah. And we, 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 we you caught him up with uh, Dar Riley after that game. And I was speaking to you off air, and he says, Yeah, he was very impressive, and he is a player. That uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this year. I've said it a few times on the podcast, but I don't want to heap pressure on him or anything like that. But um, yeah, looking forward to it. Sean Murphy says, in fairness to this team, the players are given everything they can and they don't deserve uh, abuse. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on Sean's side, definitely. Like this, this is what I'm saying. Like um, they're not going out there to perform badly. They are from all what I've heard, they are well prepared. They're just not getting the rub of the green at the moment, and 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 they're each minute that they play, there's their confidence seems to be sapped out of them. So it does. Yeah, Brian Flynn said, "Fox in the box strikes again." To be fair, the lads dug deep to get the draw against the run of play. Yeah, that's it. Like you know, and like I heard Andy McIntyre speaking to LMFM as well, and he said, like to be honest with you, with thirty seconds to go, he says. The game was up and, mm. and I had resigned myself to the fact that we had lost. So credit to my players and our players for, for, for getting a draw in a game that, you know, was gone away from them. Adam Chute said no knee slide from Wallace. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. it was quite dry. I, I think that could have, it could have been one of those, think, did you ever see the lower the leagues knees. at soccer when they do that yeah. and the pitches aren't as good and, then the, yeah. the knees just bury into the ground and yeah and you go head uh, over heels then yeah you could do an e-cap doing that um exactly. let's finish with with the man who i think has the potential to replace ps tapes i think we could park ps tapes because he doesn't contribute enough and when he does it's always a jibe at you and me mickey so yeah. lucky to be working always brings a little bit of enjoyment and entertainment to the podcast and everyone who follows his work on instagram he has a few things in he says the first one is all about encouragement abuse Seriously, like so many watery hens around lately. Yeah, I love it. Like that is that that that's it. That's nailed it. You know, 
is 100%. You know, like, let's start smiling. Let's start looking, you know, at the glass being half full, not half empty. And until the glass is empty, you know, it's still half full. And, you know... Well, I'll tell you what, his glass doesn't be half full too much because he takes (laughs) usually two or three slugs of a pint and it's gone. So He he refills it fairly quickly. He he does, he does. (laughs) uh, And he does be in the attic the next the next day usually with it uh, he says he's looking after the podcast next weekend because Davey's heading to the rugby oh Jesus um, you may get you may send him on the link for the um, for the Zoom call then so yeah um, and he finishes it off by saying the Hams beat Dublin Jesus time to leave Minute lad <laughs> we did talk about that last week you know like that it was a double edged sword from he probably would have preferred to see Dublin beating Kildare but mm-hmm. you know like again, that's you know the way I look at it as well is that let, let's get behind this meet team because Dublin are on, on 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 a downward spiral at the moment. Now, obviously, we know come championship they should be a different animal, but there's something wrong in Dublin at the moment. We've got more points than them as well. We've had two draws. They've lost all of their games so far. But like, let's stay up in Division Three. Let's get ready for championship. Who or, sorry, yeah, yes. Let's stay up in Division Two. Let's uh, hope that we get a few more players back for uh, the championship, and let's give the Leinster a rock and bloody go and and, and like just get behind the team. And um, before we finish, Davy, I want to just give a shout out to Shane Mangan and his ELO standings. Um, absolutely brilliant. I must get the formula that he uses for his standings, but I'm guessing it's something similar to the one that I use for when we're doing uh, the, your risk and rankings and whatever. And, you know, and, 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 and you know, th- this is taken from a large portion of games over the last number of years and, and where teams have been championship league, um, O'Byrne Cup, Meathern in, in 13th place in that. And, you know, which puts them right where they are actually at the minute in the league. They're in fifth place in division two. So they're, uh, the, the the 13th ranked team if we stay there um, for the rest of the league we stay in division 2 and we're getting ready for a championship so and his 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 um his uh, uh ranking system is is a well thought out and um uh, he's got loads of different mathematical equations going on in there to 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 calculate it and uh, yeah like i i i i do think that me there probably at, um, at the moment, between eleventh and 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 fifteenth, eleventh and fourteenth ranked in, in in the country, would you agree with that? Or um, are we eleventh? There's top eight in Division One. Then you have Roscommon, Galway, Derry. Yes, there. So I would say twelfth. I would say that we're not ahead of any of the, those eleven. But from twelve to to sixteen. That's 12 to 15. I think realistically, that's probably where we're at at the moment with scope to improve. Yeah. Ahead of uh, uh, Mead are Derry, Cavan, Roscommon, uh, Kildare, Monaghan. So from eighth, we'll say down. And then. Um, well, genuinely, now, would you, and you, you watch Cavan every week, would you have Cavan ahead of us at the moment based on sort of what you're seeing from them? Versus what we're at at the moment. I would say that they're very, very, very close um, to each other. Um, I think that you look at the Cavan team at the moment and they have no injury concerns. There's nobody off the team at the moment and their team is very settled for the last two or three years. There's a couple of young lads coming in and out and whatever, but 
the the spinal out team and uh, everything is is as as was last year and the year before and when they won the uh, the Ulster Championship, you know their captain is still Ray Gallagher. He's still the goalkeeper, and you go from full back right up to full forward, and it's practically the same. Um, James Smith back in the midfield for them, and and uh, Thomas Gallagher as well, which means Garold McKiernan can actually play as a forward now. He doesn't have to go out to midfield every so often, and he's just kicking points for fun. So if I think if we got to a settled team again, and we had our midfield back in, and whatever. Like this season could have been completely different had we had Roland Jones and Brian Menton from the start. You know, um, uh, it's very hard when week to week, you know, we haven't known what the midfield was going to be. And like, well, Harlan is class um, and he's a brilliant player. I much prefer to see him in the half back line. Um, you know, and even we'll say if Mento was there and then Shane McEntee was heading off to do his uh, service with the army, wouldn't Harlan or Kyogen just sit in there to center half just beautifully and either one of them, on, uh, one of either of them sitting on the wing then driving forward, maybe Kyogen on the wing for those marauding runs that he does and, and, and Harlan at the center half back position. Look, I just think that we've been very luck unlucky this year, but I do think that Mead and Cavan with full squads would be up around the 10th, 9th, 10th position um, of standings. You've only spent about five minutes dancing around the question, Mickey, talking about this, that and the other without telling me who'd win in the game between them at the moment. But, oh, uh, you did, did you ask me to who'd win the game between the two of them at the moment? Where, where would we stand? Would we be ahead of them or would they be ahead of us? If they were to play in a game in the morning? I would, yeah, or, yeah, I would yeah. say the fact that Cavan are so settled and they've got their system down to a T that Cavan would probably uh, uh, beat me at the moment. Jeez, things are definitely bad. Yeah, things are really, really bad. Well, look, um, <laughs> have you had anything else for the podcast? Or are we going to just no, leave, that's it just... leave it on that bombshell? And that's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Remember, We Are Mead, why it matters more. <laughs>